0: Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondarea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut or shortened due to rights issues.
1: This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening, colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea, it's business, but it's personal.
0: Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. It's where the shapers of business meet the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, right here on Jazz FM. My guest today, I'm very pleased to say, is Matthew Janasek, co-founder of Escape Fitness, a global fitness equipment and services provider. Matthew developed his passion for fitness age 15 and after a roller skating tumble left him watching Pumping Iron, a professional bodybuilding docudrama, on repeat apparently, he realised it was the first time he had an interest he could develop further. He left school at 16 using his sole qualification in woodwork and metalwork to make squat stands and an adjustable bench for his home gym. Escape Fitness was founded with his father Richard from their garage in 1998. There was no sophisticated business plan, he said. There was no market research. I had a passion for fitness, and that was enough to get the business off the ground. Well, their passion and talents have grown to a $33 million, 20 million pound business, give or take, chosen by big brands and independent fitness professionals around the world. We'll be talking to Matthew very shortly about all of this. And about innovation and escaping your limits. You'll find out what that means pretty soon too. Also on Jazz Shapers today, we've got some brilliant music from Coolin' the Gang, Frank Sinatra and Jimmy Smith, one of my all-time personal favourites. But before all of that, here's Duke Ellington Trio with Kinda Dukish. <laughs> That was Duke Ellington trio with Kind of Jukish. My business shaper is Matthew Janasek. And he is, as you heard before, the co-founder of Escape Fitness. Not a business I'd heard about. And then when you get reading, as usual, you go, wow, that's they're the people and that's what they do. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. He's thank very you. well built, by the way, Matthew. I, I mentioned before he was a bodybuilder. He still looks very trim. We're almost exactly the same age. It, I always say this. It was 1970. It was a vintage year, Matthew. It was. It's a great year. And you're still looking good. Tell me about this young man that set this business up because it was a while ago yeah what what possessed you at that point I mean obviously I I talked about earlier you were passionate about fitness but transforming that or translating that passion into into the world of business very different thing
2: yeah absolutely the name of the business is quite relevant to it because when I was younger, I, I was a bit of a, I, I guess, not, not troublemaker, but I, I used to sort of take the wrong paths in a lot of cases. And, um, and so I was, I was a doorman in the evening to, to make up some extra money and and then to make up some more money at the weekends, we used to run parties in nightclubs. I guess the idea, I was I was sitting outside of this nightclub party that wasn't going particularly well. Or not as well as we'd expected. We didn't make as much money on the door, and we sat outside with with a friend, and we we're saying, "Look, we need to come up with a better idea uh, than running parties in nightclubs." And, you know, I said, "Well, let's let's come up with the name of a business." And I said to my friend Tim, "You know, what do you think we should call it?" And uh, and he says, "We'll call it Escape." And we had this conversation. I said, "Well, why Escape?" And he says, "Well, look, you know, we we just want to escape from where we are. This place." Um, you know, this lifestyle. And and so I think what, what drove me when we started to, to do something was just I, I just didn't like where I was. I, I wasn't particularly educated, talented. Um, I just didn't want to be where I was. And, and I think that was the sort of fuel within me that kind of pushed me to, you know, to, to, to do something and get involved in business. Mm.
0: And at that point then, from that moment on, how long did it take for you to create what was the beginning of this business now in terms of real like when would it be recognizable at
2: that point after that moment of going do you know what we're just going to do something how long did it take to get it going well we started off selling ladies clothes which is why escape hasn't got anything to do with fitness you know it's, it's totally unrelated but um so we started came i came up with this idea um of selling ladies clothes into poland which was totally Totally weird. And and the only connection was my dad always had this idea that there was a business opportunity in Poland. At the time, it was a closed country, so you couldn't sort of easily trade in and trade out. So he, had, he he always used to tell me, Poland's the next place to be. You know, think about Poland. And then I had um, I, I had a girlfriend, well, kind of a girlfriend, and her father was selling ladies' clothes. And I just put them together. And I thought, okay, ladies' clothes, Poland. I bought a bunch, saved save a bit of money with, with my dad. We bought a bunch of clothes. We drove all the way from England to Holland, through Germany, up to Poland, and, and got in and, and sold all these ladies' dresses to, you know, literally knocked on doors of shops and sold them. But I realized it wasn't a sustainable model, you know, after doing it once, I thought, this is hard work. And um, and then sort of came back and re, you know, regrouped and thought, you know, we need to come up with a better idea than this. So, so version two, which then became, I suppose, the beginning of this business, um, when
0: did that emerge? How quickly did you say, this one isn't gonna work?
2: It was something that was constantly on my mind at that point, so it was it was this obsessive thought, but probably around one to two years, I, you know, I had a friend who had a gym who we got talking, you know, we we're out, used to go out in bars and clubs around London. We always used to talk about ideas, you know, coming up with these crazy business ideas, and we sort of narrowed it down to this, a dumbbell, you know, could, could you make a dumbbell? So we started off with, you know, I went back to my dad because he was an engineer and asked him if he could make these chrome dumbbells that my friend was looking to buy and the dumbbell went to a disc and it was really just me thinking of some ideas, going to my father who would get on the phone to long lost aunts and uncles that were still kind of loosely related in Poland. And I even remember he's Polish because he didn't talk it since he was a kid. He had to brush up on business Polish because all the words that he could speak were were children's words and he didn't realize that when you're in business that your vocabulary needs to be different so he used to be rereading in the evenings and speaking to people on the phone trying to make a connection and eventually we kind of started to find contacts that we could go after
0: and then the business now as i mentioned earlier over 30 million us revenue you're in hundreds of different places. Your your things. Just give me a quick snapshot of the sorts of things that you now make, and it's twenty one years later. Yeah. Um. And where
2: are they made? Are they made uh, in are they made in Poland? They we, we started manufacturing there, and we do do some manufacturing. That's really where where things started. But then, over time, we we we'd sourced in Germany. Then we uh, we we set up some manufacturing in in China. Um. And then pro- probably about sort of six or seven years ago, my father still. Believe that we should manufacture in England, so we we uh, sort of brought some machinery from a company that went bankrupt and, and now we 're manufacturing a lot of our a well, big percentage of of our equipment in in Peterborough cambridgeshire and and sort of despite what people say about i guess british manufacturing we we export a huge amount of that product to to America. Uh, Which which is quite interesting when you look at sort of how business generally goes, people moving more and more things to China. And and yet, you know, we kind of found that you could make a good product here, even with all the costs associated with manufacturing in, in England. And we could be quite successful in one of the biggest fitness markets in the world where there's a lot of local manufacturers actually producing
0: and when did the business start to really take off? Because obviously, here we are now 20 years later, were there the very tough years? And was that, you know, do you think of your life in chapters? Chapter one, I was in ladieswear. Chapter two, I realised ladieswear wasn't going to work. And I moved into the, you know, how long was this first part of the business when it was tough? Was
2: it a long period? <laughs> 20 years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's we, we, we kind of have these I, I suppose it's kind of like these little zigzags and, and 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 what I've learned in business is that you you know whenever you get to another level you you move into different stages of different breakthroughs that you have to make so I think I think when we when it started both my father and myself were doing other jobs so we, we you know we come back in the evenings and in the day and we'd be getting this going so we used our day job to sort of fund our lives and then this was on top. So so I think the first breakthrough was when we could both actually leave what we were doing in the day and then move to the business because it, it grew pretty quickly. So I think that was the first one. And then then I think you know for us it wasn't suddenly we woke up one morning and it was a huge success. It was just gradual progressions. And you know, as we as we sort of pushed ourselves to go into Poland and we set up distribution there. Then we pushed ourselves to go into Germany, set up a company there and warehouse that that was another stage forward and we um did the same in in uh, thailand and and then more recently into the u.s so so for us it was just lots of small steps not necessarily one big breakthrough unfortunately and
0: numbers of the people working in the business today
2: we've we've got over 100 i don't know the exact number but you know sort of hundred and sort of low you know 105 110 something like that started in the garage and now there's too
0: many people for that garage for sure (laughs) stay with me for much more from my guest it's matthew Janasek. he's coming back in a couple of minutes but first we're going to hear from one of our partners at mishkondorea with some advice for your business
3: hi my name's nadim mir and i'm a partner at mishkondorea in the private equity team A key thing to be thinking about if you are looking to raise funds is given that it is maybe less difficult than it used to be to raise the money, if you do have a good growth story, then actually you are in a pretty good position to maybe be a bit more choosy as to who you partner with. Um, And I think a key thing to remember is that when you go into this relationship with an investor or group of investors, you do need to see it as very much like a relationship—it is effectively a marriage of sorts. And obviously, we know the best sorts of marriages tend to be the ones where both sides uh, go in with their eyes open, um, and they're both supportive parties to uh, to the marriage, um, and where people think they can work well together. So it's not necessarily about the party that's going to leave you with the most equity or the one with the biggest checkbook. It's about the party who you are going to get on well with, work well with, and hopefully, i say, live happily ever after with.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal.
0: There are loads of ways for you to enjoy all our former Jazz Shapers and indeed to hear this programme with Matthew again as well. You can ask Alexa to play Jazz Shapers and there you can hear many of the recent programmes or if you pop Jazz Shapers into iTunes or your preferred podcast platform, you can enjoy the full archive. But back to Matthew, co-founder of Escape Fitness, a global fitness equipment and services provider. I want to ask you about, you talked about the stages uh, just before Matthew. What made you think you could take this business internationally because often we hear about domestic success and you actually said also about america america is one of the largest fitness markets in the world and here's a a british manufacturer a british business sending their their produce over there as it were but thailand germany all these places that says to me you had serious ambition
2: and no fear is that fair I, I think well, he just so. didn't know. He didn't know well, how difficult it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. It was probably a combination of both—probably um, blind stupidity and a belief that we could actually take on the world at a very young age. Uh, a, a, you know, in, in terms of young age of the business. Yeah, I, I think we always had this sort of belief that that was possible. But then the closer you got to it, it, it was like, wow, you know, is this really, really possible? And I, I think probably the biggest one for us was America because I'd always had. A dream of doing that, and it it was a dream, but whenever I went over there, it it always seemed extremely impossible because it's such a competitive market. You know, in my mind, fitness was invented in America, so why would they buy something from this little company in England? You know, in Peterborough in England, of all (laughs) all places. And and I think the the way you know the the way that happened is I I remember one time I went to this big, the biggest fitness show in the world in the world at the time called Ursa, and I met with a friend of mine who who used to be involved in the industry with me and in the uk guy called ken and i i had a meeting with him outside and i remember sitting on a outside this little cafe and um we started talking and i and i said to him i said you know do you think escape would work out here and and he said to me yeah i think that would work out here yeah i think you've got nice products and and so i kind of translated that conversation and i remember going back to my father at the time and said I've had some great meetings. You know, I met this guy. He thinks we'll do really, really well in the US. You know, we should start a company there. So I kind of took that sort of little bit of truth and and sort of expanded it and managed to convince my father and the rest of our shareholders that we should open a business in America. So if I'd have done it to, I guess, any serious business people, they'd have just said, look, you're crazy. You know, that's nothing to base a decision on. But I I managed to get people behind me and we did it and it it kind of worked. (laughs) It
0: looks like you managed to get people behind you quite a lot, though, Matthew. That's the thing I sense about you and you know people talk about different management styles. Is your style to just be you know the chief enthusiast and the chief ideas guy in the business? And do people generally go, it's another crazy idea from Matthew, or do they generally go, That might work?
2: <laughs> I, I think it's a bit of both. And and it, it's the the thing with me and my father is um he I, I guess he has a lot of belief in me. So, so you know this would never work just with me on my own you know I my, my father was sort of like the opposite of me he was the I guess a sensible one he, he was the one that basically used to follow my crazy ideas and and make you know everything happen to facilitate that and and I think on the flip side he, he probably didn't have those crazy ideas and, and <laughs> didn't see what I, I saw so so I guess together we, we made a, a, a great partnership and, and then he would basically work with you know my mother and brothers and sisters and then kind of you know align everybody up up behind us so so i think it was really a a a partnership and 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 that dynamic seemed to seem to be a successful one
0: and working with your dad and i don't know if he's still involved in the business he probably you probably still speak to him often and maybe he's a shareholder too as well i'm sure what's it like how do you distinguish between you the son and you his business partner or doesn't don't you need to
2: yeah it's very difficult Fam- family businesses are, are very difficult and and you have to I, I guess I, I see it almost like a marriage you you, you have to you know you, you don't just get married and then it's fine you have to constantly work at it if you to make it a success and it, and it's very much like that and and the challenge is that I'm always you know I am the son so you know in, in some situations you you know my father wants to take on the father role particularly when things are difficult it's like okay I need to step in and be the dad um and and that's that's a difficult dynamic. So you have to kind of get that balanced to, to almost separate, look, you know, we are business partners and, and, and let's have these conversations. I think over the years we've, you know, we've we've done a pretty good job uh, at doing that, particularly in the later years. As the business is now a lot bigger, and we we can't operate like that. Uh, but in the younger, you know, in, the, in in the younger years of the business, it was, you know, there's a lot lot to work out on that perspective. And I, and I, my advice to everybody if they're going into family business is, is to sort of you know set it up. Although they are your family and you you get cheap free labor, is to kind of set it up from the beginning <laughs> with with those rules in place and rules and responsibilities in in place because it, it can get a little bit you know cloudy if you're not careful
0: you've mentioned your dad a lot and obviously you have a very close relationship where do you sit in the pecking order in terms
2: of the your siblings so i'm I'm the eldest ah so that you know that kind of explains things. So um, quite a quite a bit older. There's a 13 year difference between myself and my youngest brother. So it's quite a quite a gap there. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I read somewhere that you said you talked earlier. You left school. I mentioned you left school early, and you said I didn't. You apparently quote I didn't like people telling me what to do, and that created a lot of challenges for me. It sounds like um, you listened to your dad, though.
2: Yeah. I and 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 I think. Um, I, I don't like people telling me what to do. I guess, but there's, you know, I, I guess in everything there's ways. No one puts baby in the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of gives me a reason to sort of react. But you know, there's ways of, of doing it, and, I, and I've got a lot of respect for my father, and, and and I guess we've just sort of developed that as we've gone. And there are times where he'll say something and I won't agree, and it will come, you know, go into a big, big argument. But I, the good thing that we have is that we can have a huge argument and and then we just forget about it you know someone says it, it doesn't happen i think i think that's important for whether it's business partners and people you know you, if you're passionate and emotional which which we are you know very passionate but for the right reasons you know you can see a lot of our passion in our products everything we make you know it's a passionate business and and if you know that's how we express ourselves so you're going to have these you know things going on, but I, I think it's important just to be able to leave it, leave it at the door, and, and move on. Otherwise, you know, you just carry all this stuff with you. And I think that's probably the success in in our relationship.
0: In terms of your own, you were a junior bodybuilder, your own sporting. And I know you, you know, it's not like you didn't become a professional or anything, but you obviously you took it pretty seriously. I imagine you, because you're actually in the sports world, you see a lot of um, parallels between the discipline that you need in your business life um, because of the fact that you. We're training so hard is it, it do you think about that or is it just is this your sporting background just that or does it still inform the way you think about uh, discipline and focus in your own working life
2: yeah it's very related in fact a lot of the lessons i learned in very early days with with my bodybuilding i still use those today in terms of sort of being able to motivate myself the discipline the the routines the habits and 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 the mindset, I, th- I think they're all very important. And, and and even today, as I'm moving close to fifty, I, I they're, they're things I, I continue to work on even now. You know, to, to to get better because I think a lot of certainly for me, a lot of businesses, it's it's a solitary. In a lot of cases, it's quite a solitary experience if you're at the head of an organisation. You know, certain things. I don't like to necessarily take home with me or, or also, you know, it's difficult to necessarily share some of those things with other people. I know different people have different ways of dealing it. I like to deal it with it in my head. And I think a big part of that is to be able to kind of like, you know, have the mental discipline to kind of work these things out and to think rationally about what you're doing and, and, and to be able to sort of be in a good place mentally, regardless of what's going on. And I think exercise and mindset are you know, hugely important. The other thing, obviously, when I was doing my research, uh, Matthew, I noticed
0: that you have your own podcast and you talk to people in the fitness business and not just that, some pretty high-profile people who are connected to motivation and and other things. Have you – I assume that was just an idea to generate some interest in the business in general. What have you discovered as you've spoken to people? Because I'm lucky enough I do this every week, but you've been doing it quite a lot too. What have you
2: picked up that you've actually then – Taken back into the way that you do business. Well, uh, two things, and uh, you know, one of them is I think we, you know, we're guys. Okay, and guys generally don't talk a lot about what's going on in their head. You know, we, we, I I think in a lot of cases I've learned that there are a lot of other people like me. Guys don't like to talk about failure. Don't guys don't like to talk about you know if they're having difficulties in their mind. And it's amazing when when you start sort of going into and 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 sharing stories with people that a lot of people struggle from similar challenges to yourself so I've one of the things I've I've learned is that there are other people like me with similar challenges and by talking about it you can kind of help a lot of other people that are you know in those similar situations and 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 that was kind of the reason why I did it because when I was younger 15 16 I, I didn't really have a lot of people around me that were necessarily inspirational to me what I wanted to do with this podcast, because I'm, I did, I do meet lots of wonderful people around the world, and I, I wanted to kind of share those stories to say, look, they they weren't born like that. They started in a very basic place, and there's certain things they did, and they made lots of mistakes, and they had lots of failures, but they picked themselves up. They got over it and they moved on and this is where they got. And so the reason for the podcast is just to kind of, I suppose, shine a light on that and, and to and, and to help a lot of people, you know, particularly in our industry, to to hear those stories. And and also for me it kind of reminds me that, you know, actually some of the things you're going through at the moment is normal. A lot of people have been through it and it kinda of gives you a little bit of a boost to say, Yeah, you know, go go on and, and, and move forward.
0: Stay with me for a final chat with my guest Matthew Janasek. Uh, plus we'll be playing a track from one of my favorites as I said, Mr. Jimmy Smith. That's all coming up in just a moment here on Jazz FM.
1: Jazz shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish It's business, but it's personal. <laughs>
0: That was Jimmy Smith. Wasn't he good on the sunny side of the street? I'm with Matthew Janicek just for a few more minutes, and we've been talking about all sorts of things about sharing, about the fact that uh, entrepreneurs go through very, very similar things to each other because of the nature of what it is. They fear failure, they have failures, they move on, you dust yourself off. You talked about discipline, which I think is really important as well. What we haven't talked about is money. Um, You've built this business now, you left school young, it's done exceptionally well. Does the money drive you? Does the idea
2: of creating value drive you? C- creating value does. You know, having, being a multi-millionaire, billionaire, it's, although sometimes I think that's nice, it isn't what drives me. You know, there, there's, I think one of the challenges we have as our business becomes a lot more professional is a lot of the decisions that we've made, probably if you're managing the business from a spreadsheet, you would say, well, why are we doing that? You know, whether it, whether it comes down to sort of the, the lengths we go in developing products the things we invest in like we talked about off the microphone in terms of investing in the podcast you know there's a, there's a lot of non-logical things we do because we believe in just making the best product providing the best value and and as a result that's probably why we've stood out in a very competitive marketplace you know a lot of people can go to Asia and buy what we do for a lot cheaper but it's You know, our belief about, you know, adding a huge amount of value, I think, is what what drives us. I think the money is important. And and I guess, you know, (laughs) for anyone thinking about, you know, looking at our our company, you know, you you can't ignore the bottom line. But that can't be the only thing that that, uh, drives you. And I I think if if you do, certainly in our sector, I I think it it can be quite difficult to stand out from, from everybody else. There was something you said to that point. You said, I think... As an entrepreneur,
0: you always want to strive for the next thing. You always think you should be somewhere else. People get caught in the trap of trying to live in tomorrow and never being happy with where they are. And I think you end up losing a big part of your life because of that. I, I imagine that that informs you because you do you keep it focused and you keep in the moment as much as you can.
2: I get excited about the future and what's possible. I'm, I'm, I sort of you know love to dream. But I I think as I've got older, particularly in the business, it's like, you know, as as you've said there, you know, you've got got to be careful not always to be thinking about where we're going to be next. You know, what's the next thing? And and sometimes, as as you said really well, it's just looking at where you are today and just enjoying it because, you know, business isn't easy. A lot of people struggle with business because it's just relentless you know you've, you've got so many things to think about you know competitions moving quicker the world's changing the market's changing and and so it's not easy as an entrepreneur and I don't think I've ever met anyone who says oh that's a you know that's a doddle but I think to have a successful business if you can get that balance where you actually just love and enjoy what you do as you go through that journey it just makes makes your life a lot better and, and as, as anyone knows i guess who's in business you know it's it's not 9 to 5 it's it's a 24/7 thing you know wherever wherever you go it's it's with you whatever you for me anyway every time i go out in the street i'm looking thinking about i do it so if you can if you can enjoy it i just think it makes your life much better and you put so much of your life into it
0: you still look happy
2: yeah, I'm, I'm, I Big am. Big smile. <laughs> your
0: eyes are telling me this man is a happy man. It's been really lovely meeting you, Matthew. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question, and that question is: What's your song choice, and why have you chosen it?
2: Well, um, this is uh, it's it's a John Coltrane track. I have a house in Hampstead still, and when I was living in in London, it was always like on a Friday or Saturday evening at the end of the at the end of the week, and uh, I just sort of put the children to bed and we'd sit in the living room nice glass of wine me and my wife would sort of like just sit listen to this and it's an emotional track great feeling and every time I listen to it you know feel it inside
0: John Coltrane with In A Sentimental Mood the song choice of my business shaper today Matthew Janasek he talked about his passion for the business and whatever you do it's critical that you absolutely love what you do and that really came out today he talked about being able to leave it when he'd had an argument with his father his business partner and that ability that they had their backs and that they could trust each other but they could recover from any big arguments and he talked about routines and habits associated normally with fitness training but how he has used that as he thinks about um, his business and how he manages it. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a great weekend.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: We hope you enjoyed that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishkon.com forward slash Jazz Shapers.